Okay, we're going to talk about where our heart is. Malachi 3, 8 uh, through 10 says, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, In what way have we robbed you? In tithes and in offerings. Now, I want you to understand something. You can't rob God in the sense that you're going to take something from Him because He owns it all. The Bible said, The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. What you rob God of is when you don't put Him first is His chance to open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings that you don't have room enough to receive receive it. So don't rob God of the opportunity to bless you. Then it says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And then he said, that there may be food in my house, and try me with this, says the Lord of hosts, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough, hallelujah, to receive it. How does that sound? Who could use blessings like that from heaven? And then John 10, 10 says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. One translation has a conjunction there, and it says, But Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody make a little noise if you're ready for abundant life. I'm going to let you announce this sermon title to your neighbor. Get him by the hand and just say, hey, neighbor, here's the word. The devil wants me cursed, but God wants me blessed. If you believe that, give the Lord a shout of praise. Father, we slip up our hands to you now. We ask you to lead us and feed us and teach us your word. Thank you that you're getting down to the heart of the matter. And God, you're getting people ready to go to the next dimension in you. We give you praise. Everybody shout amen. amen. All right, be seated if you can. Anybody love Jesus today? Man, I love him. What a great crowd right here in September. We're having a supernatural September. Praise the Lord. I want to tell you something. The devil wants me cursed, but God wants me blessed. And I want to encourage you today. We've been talking about passing the heart test. And, and, and you know, you need to understand that, that God doesn't need our money. We need to be blessed. God... God God owns, the Bible said, the cattle of a thousand hills. And my granddaddy used to say, and all the potatoes in them hills. Hallelujah. But what we do when we put God first in our life, we position ourselves to be blessed by heaven. Because God can be nothing except first. He is preeminent. He cannot be second, third, or fourth. He has to be first. And the promise is in Matthew 6, that if you will seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, check it out, all these things, hallelujah, shall be added unto you. But we get it bent and backwards, and we like to try to assemble all these things and then try to add God to it. God said it doesn't work that way. God said if you get me first, I'll take care of everything else. Hallelujah. Now, now I'm glad to know that it is God's will for you and I to prosper. I know some of you are sitting there saying, bless God, there's another one of them prosperity preachers. You better watch him. Grab your purse, Ethel, and let's get out of here. He, he's one of them prosperity preachers. Get it, Ethel. We got to go. Oh, cover your ears, Ethel. Don't listen to nothing about the blessing of the Lord. 
Listen, unfortunately, there have been ministers and preachers and, and leaders who have preached this message maybe with not the best motives. But let me tell you what John said. John said, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've been broke and I've had a couple dollars in my pocket. I've been broke and I've been, and I've been blessed and I've been sick and I've been well. How many of you know that life is just a little bit better when you feel good and you got a couple bucks in your pocket? Can I get a witness? Now, now, now hear me in the room. The word prosper means this. It means to be successfully victorious and over all your issues, to be blessed in your life and business, to be successfully victorious in all your issues. We think prosperity is just money, but prosperity means that you're blessed in your house, you're blessed with your family, you're blessed on your job, you're blessed in your mind, you're blessed with things that money can't even buy, you're blessed with things that don't even have a price tag on it, you're blessed with health, you're blessed with joy. You're blessed with peace. That's what it means to prosper. How many of you want to be blessed in every area of your life? Come on, think about that. Here's Jim Rayleigh's definition of prosperity. In the financial sense, prosperity means this. Prosperity means that you, are, you have enough to handle your business. You have enough to handle your business, your, your, your business, your B-I-D-N-E-S-S, your business. Tell your neighbor, handle your business. You got enough to handle your business. And then you have overflow. Not only do you have enough to handle your business, you have overflow. And with that overflow, you're able to bless the kingdom of God and bless people around you. I wonder if there's anybody here that actually sounds good. Would you like to have enough to handle your business? Oh, sit out there and just look straight ahead. No, who wants enough? When you got your bills, you can pay them, man. When, when, when you got things that you need to, to rise to take care of, handle your business. Tell your neighbor, I know, wake them up. Say, handle your business. And then to have overflow. See, that's the good news. God is a God of overflow. He's a God of abundance. It means to be able to not only take care of your own self, but to have enough to be a blessing in the kingdom and a blessing to others. Hallelujah. And see, God wants you blessed. The devil wants you cursed. Now, let me just say this. The Bible said that you're cursed with a curse. Now, check this out. Some of you are saying, well, does that mean God is cursing me? Are you listening? God is not in the business of cursing. God is not cursing you. God is not cursing your children. God is not cursing your family. But let's face it, this world is cursed. We live in a fallen world. If you don't believe the world is jacked up, just watch the news. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world with heartache, with trouble. We live in a world that's cursed. And what happens is when we bring our first to the Lord, when we put God first, when we bring Him our tithe, we don't give it now, we bring it because the Bible says the tithe is the Lord. And you can't give somebody something that's already theirs. Oh, you missed it. Hallelujah. But He said if you'll bring it, and you bring it first, it's the first that you give to God. Now, the world is cursed. The world is cursed you know that we can see it all around us the world is cursed and what you're giving does it elevates you out of the curse when you put God first God said now you put me in position because I'm the God of my word I can lift you out of the curse people can be cursed all around you but you'll be blessed people can be depressed all around you but you'll be blessed people can get laid off on your job but you won't get laid off on your job because you'll be raised above the curse 
I wonder if there's anybody in the next season of your life in the name of Jesus, you're going to live above the curse of this world and you're going to walk in the prosperity of the Lord. Make a little noise if that sounds good to you. That sounds good to me. I don't preach this with any agenda because I'm not on commission. Hello? My salary doesn't change. I preach this because God has spoken to me about seeing your life blessed, about seeing you put your priorities in order. Now, we know that, that, that God wants us blessed. We've established that just at the exception of this word. But we also need to understand that the devil wants you cursed. And the question is, why does the devil want us cursed? Number one, the devil wants us cursed because he hates God and he hates you. The devil doesn't dislike you. You don't just get on the devil's nerves. The devil hates you and he hates everything about you. The Bible said the thief comes but for to kill, steal, and to destroy. Your misery is the devil's policy. He hates you with an unrestricted, intense hate. He hates you with everything that he has within him. Why does he hate you? Well, the first reason he hates you is because you are made in the likeness and in the image of God. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. He hates you because you're made in the likeness and in the image of God. The Bible said that God formed man out of the dust of the earth. He formed him. He created him in his image. If you want to know what God looks like, <laughs> he looks like me. Hallelujah. He looks like your neighbor. We are made in the image of God. Every time the devil sees you, he sees the image of God. Every time he sees you, he's reminded of how much power God has. And that's why he hates you because you are made in the image and in the likeness of God. Oh, that's good news, isn't it? You know why else the devil hates you? He hates you because he, you stole his job. In heaven, before he got the left foot of fellowship, Satan was the worship leader. He was the priest leader. He was the chief angel in heaven. I wrote a book called Hell Spells. You ought to get that book. I'm going to do some teaching on it, I think, in October. But it's a powerful book. God blessed that book so much. It was all over the world and set in Walmart and Kmart and all the Mart brothers. Come on, somebody. And Barnes and Noble. But in that book, I talk about why Satan hates you. You see, Satan, originally, he was the worship leader in heaven. His body, the Bible says, was crusted with jewels. It was something to see. He had bags and, and timbrels, the Bible said. His body was literally a jeweled, beautiful musical instrument. And there were ways he could contort his body that gave glory to God. And when the light and glory of God would shine on his body, those beautiful jewels that were encrusted all over his body would give off the reflection and the light of God all over heaven. But somewhere along the line, Satan began to think that the light was about him. He began to think that the worship was about him. He didn't realize it. And no matter how big the diamond is, if you put it in the dark, can't nobody see it. <laughs> it doesn't reflect without the light. He thought he was the light all by himself. Don't get it bent. None of us are the light, but we know the light. Hallelujah. See, here's what happened. The devil began to think that it was all about him, and God said, no, no, no. So God 
kicked him out of heaven. And when God kicked him out of heaven, God said, I'm still going to have worship and I'm still going to have praise, but I'm going to make this praise and this worship in my image. So the devil used to be the light, but now the Bible says you are the light of the world and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So now God says, I don't have some angel up in heaven giving me praise. I got people on earth giving me glory giving me praise and he said and the devil's so mad because not only are you singing a song to the Lord you're singing a song that he could never sing you're singing the song of the redeemed I've been brought out I've been put back together I fell but he picked me up I sinned but he brought me out I was short but he made a way out of no way every time you worship the Lord you're reminding the devil of who he used to be and he will never be again I dare somebody right now who wants to just be who you are and let the devil know I'm going to fill my place. Just give the Lord a little glory. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Tracking with me? Are you getting it? The, the hatred of the devil is threefold. He hates the blesser God. He hates the blessing, your miracle. And he hates the blessed, you. But hear me in this room. You don't need to allow the enemy to reign in any way in your life. He's the only one you can tell to go to hell. And mean it. Hallelujah. Because you're just sending that joker home. Now, the Bible says that the thief came but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The word steal is a really interesting word in the Greek. It's where we get our word klepto. Uh, it is the, in fact, it is the word klepto in the Greek, and we trace our word kleptomaniac to it. It means a, an obsessive desire to steal, especially without economic motive. It means to steal not because he wants your money. He, the devil doesn't need your money. He has no financial motive. He steals because he hates you. He wants to steal your joy because he hates you. He wants to steal your resources because he hates you. He wants to steal your peace because he hates you. Do you really think hell has financial problems? Do you really think hell is worried over money? The devil doesn't want your Corolla. The devil doesn't want your Hyundai. Come on. He doesn't want your Ford Focus. Can I get a witness in the house? The devil doesn't want your car. He doesn't want your house. His only motivation is that he hates you and he wants to rob you blind. But hear me in this house. You don't have to put up with it because the Lord himself is on your side. Even though the devil hates you, God loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, knowing that he could restore every broken place in your life. The second reason that the devil wants you cursed is he wants the church to be poor and insignificant and ineffective. The Bible said in Ephesians 5, 27 that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Listen, one of the devil's chief tactics is to come against the church because he wants us poor and insignificant and ineffective. He can't handle a blessed church. He doesn't want to see the church blessed. He wants our buildings to be crumbling. He wants us to be a joke in the community. He wants people to drive by and it looks like the place is about to shut down. But see, God said, that's not the church I'm going to have. I'm 
going to have a glorious church, a church of magnificence. The word means excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace. God desires a blessed church. And that means if he desires a blessed church, the church is people. He wants you to be blessed. But the enemy wants even the structure, the edifice, to look like nothing in the community. That's why when you drive by Calvary, baby, every yard is cut. Every tree is trimmed. Every toilet is clean. Every carpet is vacuumed. We do things in an excellent way around here. You know why? Because we're doing this as unto the Lord. We want people to drive by our church and say, man, what in the world is that building? It is nicer than anything in town. It is doing, what are they doing there? I want them to know that the blessing of the Lord is over this house. And I'm telling you, I want the blessing of the Lord over this house, and I want it in your house. Will you say, Pastor, I'm not, I don't feel too blessed right now. Well, let me tell you something. 18 years ago, when Pastor Troy and I and Dawn and Camiel came here to pastor, I didn't feel too blessed either. Three days a week. I was working in the yard. I we didn't have money to trim the hedges. We didn't have money to make this property decent. So I said, you know what? I'll do it myself. I'm in there picking weeds. We couldn't even hardly afford to get weed killer to kill the weeds. And I'm in there pulling weeds three days a week, sweeping off the portico, trying to get the church ready. And people would drive by, and they would say, Pastor, what are you doing? We had a school then. We had 50 employees. It was losing money like hand over fist. Everything was going down. But, but, but we had employees. It was tough to pay them, but we had them. Come on, somebody. Everything was going down, and they would drive by and say, what are you doing in that yard? They'd roll down the window and say, what are you doing in that yard? Why are you in the yard? Can't you get somebody else to do that? And then they'd roll up the window and turn on the air condition and drive off. And I'm thinking, why don't you get out here and help me? But you know what I did? I worked what I had. I did my best with what I had. I cleaned what I had. I trimmed what I had. I used what I had. And I'm telling you, once I began to work what I had, God gave me what I didn't have. And I'm telling you something, it's 18 years later, and I don't trim the hedges anymore. I'm not too good to trim the hedges, but I'll tell you this, I don't have to anymore. Some people said back then, look at that crazy preacher. He's out there working in the yard, sweeping off the portico. What in the world is he doing? Listen, I ain't bragging, but how do you like me now? Hallelujah. I'm trying to tell you that when the hand of the Lord comes upon your life, he'll take that little and he'll make much out of it. Oh, somebody give God praise in the room. The enemy wants you to, he wants your life to look broke down. He wants your life to look messed up. Well, well, well pastor, why do you think we should give to God? Because it costs to, to spread the gospel. Light bills, insurance bills. We have a light bill, $18,000, $20,000 a month sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I know you just got tight then. So, so don't, don't fuss at me over your $229 light bill. We have, we, have, we have insurance payments that can be $30,000 or $40,000 at one hit. One hit. Because when you're going to do something big for God, it takes big faith. 
And the enemy tried to tell me, you'll never do it. You'll never be able to build. You'll never be able to build a significant church in a city like Ormond Beach. But I'm telling you, the devil wants the church to be the joke of the community. But see, God said, I can open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessings that you don't even have room enough to receive it. And if God is going to bless this house, I declare in the name of Jesus that he's going to bless your house. Make a little noise if you believe it. The Bible said that, that, that the devil comes, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The word kill means to slay. Have you ever had times where you felt like everything was being slain in your life? Have you had times where it felt like everything was going wrong? My money, my family, it seems like everything is coming against you except the kitchen sink. And then you look, and there comes the kitchen sink. Can I get a witness? It's just a slaying time. I've been right there. It says he came to kill, to, to, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Destroy means to ruin and render useless. The enemy wants the church to be dead and useless on planet Earth. He wants the church in our city to be useless. He wants you to seem like it's not working, that, that this, this, this walk with faith and walk with God isn't working. He wants us to be a joke in the community. The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I'm glad that the verse didn't end there. The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. He manifests to kill, steal, and destroy. Thank God it didn't stop there. One verse, there's a little conjunction there. And the conjunction is B-U-T. Come on, but. That's a big old but. Can I get a witness in the house? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Some of you have been living in the first part of that text. You've been living in the kill, steal, and destroy. But see, a but is a conjunction. Let me talk to you. A conjunction is put in the body of a sentence to join one thought to another, one thing to another. And some of you have been living in the body of the sentence that says kill, steal, and destroy. But you need to find out about a conjunction. You say, Pastor, how did you get so smart how do you know so much well I watched something when I was growing up called schoolhouse rock I'm just a bill up on Capitol Hill oh y'all don't get religious on me how many of you are, come on any schoolhouse rock people up in here and they would say conjunction junction what's your function mm. oh come on now I'm thankful for that big butt that comes right in the middle of the thief comes but for to steal kill and destroy but I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. God brought me here to tell you that it's time to move out of the kill, steal, and destroy season. It's time for you to move into the next part of the sentence, the next part of your life. I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Is there anybody here ready in the next season to walk in the abundance of God? Make a little noise if that's you. Now remember, the key to tying this all together is putting God first. He said, I'm come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, abundantly is a word that means superior, extraordinary, surpassing, and uncommon. I uh, See, I'm ready for an uncommon life. I'm ready for a surpassing life. I I'm ready for an extraordinary life. And I want to see that manifest in your life. And it, like I've said, it's more than money. We thank God for money, but I need God to move in it all 
all areas of my life. Now, watch. The third reason the enemy wants you cursed is he wants all the money used for evil pursuits. Now, check it out. The Bible said in Luke 16, 13, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now, now listen, there's two kinds of money, blessed money and cursed money. Who wants blessed money? Come on. Let me hear from you if you want blessed money. Who wants blessed money? Blessed money and cursed money. And I know what some of you are thinking. You say, well, Pastor Riley. Pastor Rayleigh, I'm hearing you preach now, but what about them rich heathens? What about them folk that got so much money? They got money everywhere. What about them rich heathens, Pastor? They got money. Let me, let me tell you. What about all them folk, Pastor? They seem to be blessed, but they're living like hell. What about them folks? Let me tell you about them folks. The Bible said you can't serve God or mammon. Now, let me tell you what mammon is. Mammon is wealth and riches. See, when your money becomes so important to you that it takes the place of everything in your life, something's going to sit on the throne of your life. And that's when money turns into mammon. I've watched people, and they, they, they didn't have anything, and, and then all of a sudden they start having something, and then what they give them becomes, what, what's been given to them becomes more important than the one who gave it to them. Ah. The, 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 the blessing becomes more important to them than the blesser. I have sat with wealthy people in other cities. I've, I've sat with people of extreme wealth and talked to them about their life. And they've got more money than they know what to do with. But yet they will never give or honor God. They are miserable. They, even with all their money, they can't buy happiness. They can't buy joy. They can't buy peace. They can't buy breakthrough. Their money has turned into their mammon. And here's what you've got to know. If the devil can't get you with too little... He'll get you with too much. He'll get you in a position where you can't honor God, you can't give to God, you can't come to church, you can't be faithful, you can't do anything for the kingdom because your money means too much for you. But I'm at a place in my life where I don't want anything God gave me to become more important to me than the God who gave it to me. Let me talk to you for just a minute in the room. I believe that the blessing of the Lord can come on your life and on my life and it can be sustained so that we can do good work for the kingdom so that we can take care of our family so that we can have overflow to be a blessing to others but let me tell you something if if something happened and all of this building was gone tomorrow if everything burned down and I didn't we walked here and we didn't have any of this tomorrow let me tell you something if the building was gone the property was gone I tell you as long as I got the Word of God as long as I got the name of Jesus I got everything I need to get everything back that I lost. See, the devil don't want you to know it, but some of you have been in a season where it feels like the enemy has been stealing from you, but there is a revelation coming out of my mouth right now that can get you back in position to get everything back that you lost. Give God a shout in the house. Mammon means wealth and riches, and, and serve means to be in bondage to. I don't want to be in bondage to anything. I said, I don't want to be in bondage to anything. 
Money can be used for righteous or unrighteous purposes. Last week I told you money itself is not good or evil. Come on now. People say, you know, Pastor, that money, that money is evil. The devil is a liar. The love of money, the Bible says, is the root of all evil. It's when you fall in love with money. Money is just a tangible object. You can use it to do good things or bad things. Uh, you can use, I said last week, I'll say it again. You can buy crack with it or you can buy chicken with it. Your money can buy crack or it can buy chicken. I'm buying chicken. All the chicken lovers make a little noise in the house. I'm buying chicken. It can buy a prostitute or it can buy pizza. I'm buying pizza. Come on, somebody. It can buy weed or watermelon. I'm buying watermelon. Can I get a witness in the house? It can be for good or for bad. The money itself is not good or bad. It's how you use it. You see, the Bible said, if you'll bring your tithe into the storehouse, see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, abundance, uh, an overflow, I'll prosper you, and you won't even have room enough to receive it. It's, it that's how God blesses. God doesn't give you them small little tiny blesses. God, God blesses you big time. Abundance, overflow. Kind of like you want your plate to be when you go to the restaurant. I like my plate to be an overflow plate. I'm checking out Dawn's. If we got the same thing, I'm trying to see if hers is bigger than mine. I'm telling the truth. She's even learned now. She will look down at it and say, is mine bigger than yours? We may have to swap. I know it, I know. But I'm, I'm a growing boy, y'all. I've got to. Because I want my plate to overflow. I want, I want the mashed potatoes to be so big on my plate that when I try to mix the gravy in, I have to swoop my finger around and catch it because it's trying to run off. That's what I like. You go to them little French restaurants if you want to, they bring you a piece of food like that. I didn't go in there. No, sir. Ah, uh, if I, you go where, I, I don't know what it is, but it's little and it tastes good. I don't need nothing like that. I need something, I, I like the, I like the meat to be hanging off my plate. I like to have to fold it over to cut it. And see, God has got a blessing for you that is a finger-licking, overwhelming, oh, come on, it's going to hang off of your plate. He can open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you blessing that you won't have room enough to receive it. But he cannot do it if you make your money your mammon. If you make your money more important than him, you get yourself out of position to be blessed. Number four, the enemy wants you. Well, let me just say this. Money that is submitted to God is blessed money, and blessed money multiplies. How, how many of you want your money to multiply and your resources to multiply? Now, check this out. Check this out. Number four, the enemy wants to, in, to enforce the curse of shortage and lack in poverty. Remember, the Bible said you're cursed with a curse. The enemy wants you to live in poverty. He, he wants you to live without more than enough. But God wants to bless you. God wants to bring you abundance. And he wants to bless you. He will get it to you as long as he can get it through you. Mm. Well, that's strong. God wants to bless you. Check this out. I read this. I'm going to share two things. I read this. Uh, somebody had sent me a little note. And they said, Pastor, I was sitting in the service, 
and, and, and I was, I was going to bring my tithe to the Lord. And I said, should I do it? Because that tithe represented everything I had. And I sat there and he, they said, oh, we wrestled with it. This family said we wrestled with it. We didn't know whether to do it or not do it. And she said, so we sat down and we wrote it out and we brought it to the Lord. She said three days later, there was a check that came in the mail from a debt that somebody owed me 18 years ago. 18 years ago, somebody owed me something they, wasn't, they hadn't given me. He, she said, I wrote it off. She said, but sitting in that church that day, she said, the Spirit of the Lord quickened me, and I honored him and put him first. And there was a blessing all the way back 18 years ago that ran from my past and came into my next Wednesday. And everything that I needed was provided because I put God first and I had extra in the account to be able to do for my family. Hallelujah. If that's not enough, just this week, I'm not going to make him stand. He's sitting in the room. He said, Pastor, we gave our tithe to the Lord and didn't even know what we were going to do because we had a need. We had our rent due. And he said the same thing. He said, out of the blue, a $1,500 check came in the mail out of nowhere. I'm just trying to tell you that when you honor God, he's waving at me right now. When you honor God, God will bless you in ways that you don't even know anything about. Somebody give God a praise in here. No, that's not going to do. Give him a shout of praise. The enemy, the enemy wants to enforce the curse of shortage and lack and poverty. But the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency. Somebody say all sufficiency. In how many things? How many things? All things may abound to every good work. Abound means to superabound, to be in abundance, to have more than enough. So let's get radical. Tell your neighbor I'm about to get radical. Come on, tell him. Tell your neighbor I'm about to get radical. Put your hand on your chest right now. Let's get radical. Make a confession. Say in the next season. Oh, come on, let the enemy hear you. Say in the next season. As I put God first, I will abound, super abound, walk in abundance, and have more than enough. How does that sound? See, the enemy wants you to think that this doesn't work. He wants the world to think that it doesn't work, and that's the fifth and final reason. The devil wants you cursed because he wants to try to prove that God's Word doesn't work. But some of you, you're like me. You know God's Word works. 
You, 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 you've seen God come through. You've seen him make a way out of no way. You, you've, seen him, he, you've seen him bring you what you need time and time again. You've seen him heal your body. You've seen him bring you out of sin. You've seen him give you a new beginning. You knew that it works. The Bible said the thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Listen, I know this. I know that the devil is a real good cursor, but God is an even better blesser. Ah. Come on. The Bible says in Psalms 119.65, Thou hast dealt with thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. You've dealt well. Thou hast dealt well with thy servant. Well means the most beautiful, the most bountiful, the best. Hallelujah. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil may want me cursed, but God wants me blessed. Tell your neighbor, God wants me blessed. Get that same neighbor by the hand and say, Neighbor. Come on, look at him. Say it like you mean it. Say, neighbor, the devil wants me cursed, but God wants me blessed. Hold his hand and say, listen, say, say neighbor, the devil is a good curser, but God is an unbelievable blesser. If you believe it, give him a shout. I'll bless you going in, and I'll bless you coming out, and I'll bless you in the house, and I'll bless you in the field. He said you'll be the head and not the tail. You'll be above and not beneath. Glory to God. Say, well, Pastor, Pastor, are you sure? Are you, are you, are you sure? I can only tell you that I'm living proof that God takes care of his own. The Bible said, watch this now, we're going to try this, said, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. If you love the Lord in America, you want to see our country love Jesus, and you favor the righteous cause. If you want to see Bethune-Cookman College in revival, and Daytona State in revival, and Florida State in revival, and FAMU in revival, come on, if you want to see Miami in revival, if you want to see Florida in revival, if you want to see young people in revival, if you want to see Maitland in revival, if you want to see this church in a hell robbing revival, if you want to see your family in revival, if you favor the righteous cause of the Lord, why don't you shout for joy right now? Just shout for joy. Now, sit down. Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Pleasure in it means pleased with, desires, and delights in it. In other words, God wants me blessed. He's happy when I put him first. He's happy when I'm blessed. I, are you, aren't you happy with children when you see your children blessed? Don't it make you happy, happy, happy? Man, it makes me so happy when my children are blessed. But there's three ways you can receive your blessing. And I'm winding down. And you know what that means? <laughs> Don't mean nothing. Hallelujah. I really am. There are three ways you can, you can receive your blessing. You can receive it with pride, a spirit of pride, a spirit of poverty, or a spirit of gratitude. See, see, when you're blessed, do you receive your blessing in a spirit of pride? Pride says, I deserve more. I should have got more. Poverty says, I should feel guilty. I'm so unworthy. Gratitude says, thank you, God. Thank you for every blessing in my life. When somebody says, you have a nice house, pride says, you know, we were going to build a bigger one. We just 
decided not to. Poverty says, uh, it, it was a foreclosure. I shouldn't have got it. It was a foreclosure. But gratitude says, thank you, Lord. You blessed me. I give you praise. When somebody said, that's a nice suit, and you know, usually I don't wear a suit, but I wore one for you today. <laughs> Hallelujah. When somebody says, it's a nice suit, pride says, you know what? It's tailor-made. Poverty says it was half price. It was buy one, get one free, 75. I could never afford a suit like this. I don't want you to think too much of me. I just barely got it. I, I should have it. I, it was, uh, I got it at Goodwill. <laughs> Poverty says it was half price, but gratitude says, thank you. God is good. I give him praise. When somebody said that's a nice car, pride says, well, I've got three of them just like it. <laughs> But poverty says, it's a company car. Don't think too much of me. But gratitude says, thank you. God is faithful. I give the Lord praise. Pride says, I earned it. Poverty says, I don't deserve it. But gratitude says, I received it just because God is good. I received it just because he loves me. I received it because I put him first. See, precious, there's power when you put God first. The Bible says, and you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. Pastor Troy, isn't that the preaching of the gospel? His covenant is the gospel preached on planet earth. And he said they will give you power to get wealth. Now, 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 God wants to bless you, but he needs you to understand that he is preeminent. That means he will always be first. He cannot be second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh. Some people are saying, Pastor, I need you. I need you to pray for me. Teach me something that can get my life in order. I need to get my priorities right. I've got issues with my children. I've got issues, number three, with my family. I've got issues with my finances. And I'm trying to, I, I, I want to help you fix your, your life, but I can never fix two, three, four, five, six, and seven until I get one right. We, we can never have two, three, four, five, six, and seven come into line until we get first thing right. And the first thing is seek first the kingdom and his right righteousness and all these things you're trying to do two three four five six and seven but God said if I can show you that if you'll put me first two three four five six and seven will fall right in the line now I finish with this the verse that I read from Malachi the 11th verse says this I will rebuke the devourer for your sake somebody say rebuke now, now, the word rebuke there is a word I love. It means to dismiss, coming up here, son, to send away and to put to shame. Oh, my, 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 my. Come up here, Pastor Josh. I need you to help me, son. So, here's the deal. You're going to be the devourer. You, 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 were, you were the blessed man in, 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 in first service, but you backslid. But I'm going to lead you back to Jesus. Hallelujah. No, I'm just kidding. He's the devourer. And, and, and this, this is the one that quite hasn't learned to put God first in his life. He's not quite passing the heart test yet. He, he won't tithe and bring his resources to the Lord. So he opens the door for the devourer to come because that, that, that curse is allowed to reign over his life. So the enemy comes and he begins to steal from him. Take his phone. Take his jacket. Come on. Got anything else? You got a wallet? Take his shoes. 
Take his other shoe. Take his belt. I'm kidding. It don't stink that bad. Okay, take his belt. Okay, now you stole from him. You got anything else? Okay, get his sock. Get one sock. No, I'm kidding with you. Okay, so everything is being stolen. Have you ever had times where it felt like, man, you were losing your, your resources? You were losing your peace. You were losing your joy. The enemy was taken and taken and taken. But then he says, I am going to put God first. I'm going to change my life. And I'm going to put first the kingdom of God. And he begins to put God first. And the enemy comes against him again. Come to get him. And the Lord said, no, you don't. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You have to go. You have to go. But wait a minute. Before you go, you have to go back and get everything you lost. You have to get your joy back. You have to get your peace back. You have to get everything you lost. You've got to get it back. Tell your neighbor, I'm getting it back. Everything the enemy tried to steal from me, I'm getting it back. Everything the enemy tried to rob me of, I'm getting it back. Everything the devil tried to take from me, I'm getting it back. I'm getting my joy back. I'm getting my peace back. I'm getting my hope back. Sit down, sit down, sit down. But, but wait a minute. It means to, to, to dismiss, to send away, bring it up, and to put to shame. Dismiss. How do you put the devil to shame? You put him to shame when not only you get back what you lost, where you can't leave yet, devourer, you start getting more than what you lost. Give me your phone. Give me your wallet. Give me your shoes. Give me your belt. Everything you tried to steal from me, devil, you got to give it back to me with interest. I need about a thousand or twelve hundred people. give you one more time. Nobody move. Give God a shout right now. All right, be seated. Tell your neighbor, just say neighbor. Today, the devil wants me cursed, but God wants me blessed. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Just keep watching my life. Did you get anything out of that? Thank you so much for listening to the Calvary Christian Center podcast. To learn more, visit us at calvaryfl.com.